friends, and welcome back to Game Break, the podcast where you can find a little bit of encouragement, discover new ways to make your hobby more fun, and most importantly, learn to paint bravely. All right, we got a fun one, just, you know, as usual, I suppose. Uh, a lot of hobby stuff, a lot of good minis and different types of hobby things. And uh, Brent, fresh back from Texas, going to a good old ReaperCon. So lots of stuff to talk about. Let's just jump right in, head over to my co-host. What you been up to at ReaperCon? Because I didn't go. Oh, ReaperCon was good, dude. We'll get there. We'll get there. I got I got another important update here before I forget. All right. Oh, yeah. So today there was an announcement from Gale Force 9 about the next expansion pack to Star Trek Away Missions. This is something that we speculated on just recently. So I can tell you that in addition to the starter box, which comes with four Federation members, Commander Shelby, Commander Riker, you got, there was Worf in there, and... Data. All right, so those four were in the starter box for Star Trek Away missions, and the fact that they were using Shelby, which is just a one-off character from the the two-parter Best of Both Worlds, was like, okay, they're they're saving room so they can get a couple expansions going with with characters, you know, mix in Mm -hmm. mix in some A listers with some B listers (laughs) with some honestly C listers when in case of Commander Shelby. Uh, I mean, if you're if you're gonna go all in on Commander Shelby, it's like that's in the bomb picking that up. Then like they're probably feeling pretty good. They're like, well, obviously now that now that they'll buy the the low end stuff, you know, we can start feeding slowly feeding them the the stuff they want. All right, I see. I see their tactic. I see. All right, so we we knew they were holding some juice back. We we knew that. But Casey, yeah. what what do you think the five Federation members in the first uh, new expansion are for Star Trek well, Away missions? I don't want to disappoint you, but they are written down on this this uh, outline that we're both looking. Yeah, at. Yeah, I wrote them so down so we wouldn't I, forget. I do know what they are. <laughs> I'm gonna guess. I'm I'm just gonna throw it out there uh, since we're now in the best of both worlds part two. Uh, that Picard has to be included right like yeah the the name of the box is the picard expansion yes there you yeah, go yeah, yeah, yeah. even better it's got he's got to be in there you can't you can't do that without the part two part of it yeah yeah so it, it's picard Jordy, beverly crusher wesley crusher and troy mm, all right now, see, these, okay. are, these are like 40 millimeter uh tall mini something like that a L- little bit larger than normal and their their heads are a little bit cartoonishly big, but they're fun. Mm-hmm. I I like the sculpts. They're they're simple, but they've got the the character that you want in them. And so far, I've done like one night of painting on the Klingons. So I've got my right. I've got my Klingon faces looking pretty good. Their uniforms aren't looking so good yet, but right. got their faces done, the bat lift done. Look, looking okay. Looking okay. I like it now. Yeah. Now, the the interesting thing about this Federation expansion is um, there's Wesley Crusher, which, okay, that makes sense. We're, we're still in the first four seasons of, of Star Trek Next Generation here. We're, we're going mm-hmm. back to the, the wreckage of the Battle of Wolf 359 and, and whatever. We're doing some skirmish missions there. I don't, I don't know. I didn't read the rules. <laughs> doesn't matter. <laughs> doesn't, doesn't matter. Doesn't matter. So, yeah. so we got Wesley on board. That makes sense. But I looked at the models, mm-hmm. 
Yeah. And the Counselor Deanna Troy model, she's wearing a uniform. She's wearing a Starfleet uniform. She's not wearing her normal she's not like the, the spandex unitard dress. Yeah. Thing. yeah. 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 Okay. She's using, she's wearing the spandex uniform. And right. as we all know, that didn't happen till like season six, Chain of Command. Right. You know, Picard's off counting lights with the Cardassians. <laughs> uh, meanwhile, they got like this hard ass captain on the Enterprise taking over for a two parter. And he's saying things like, what are you doing? You're a you're an officer. Put on a uniform. And then, fair. And then she put on a uniform. She kept it on for the rest of the show. <laughs> <laughs> Somebody was like, we are we are changing this now. We are retconning this for now. We're just going to hard cut and moving forward. Like, yeah, it's a throwaway line. Just give it to that guy. Right. Yeah. Blame blame anyone else. No, I, I, I'll love it because like the. The captain that they had on for that one two parter, like he did things differently from Picard, but like he was he was good at his job in his own way. And he's just like, What are you doing if you're on the bridge of the Enterprise <laughs> as an fair. officer? Yeah. Put on your uniform. Like, what are you wearing? <laughs> She's rolled out of bed. <laughs> just in her PJs, yeah. So Yeah. Anyway, I like that choice from the designers of uh, what's this called? Star Trek Away Missions. I like that. Uh, Look, it's a, it's a, a little bit breaking canon having Wesley Crusher and Deanna Troy wearing an actual dang uniform. But hey, mm-hmm. it's fine. It's good. It's better this way. It's better. I mean, it's a little sad. You can't get the rainbow shirt for uh, Wesley there. Like that would have been a fun painting. Oh, I didn't look close enough. Model. I didn't look close enough at the model. You should check. Yeah, I didn't check to see if it's got the stripes across. I, it. I was so focused on uh, Troy that I didn't notice what Wesley was wearing, but <laughs> we can, yeah. we can always, he really just had like one sweater or one, one sweater yeah. and one turtleneck. Didn't he just, yeah, pretty much. Yeah. yeah. He just swapped between them and that was that, yeah, that weird rainbow sweater. And yeah. Yeah. You know, when you're painting, it's important to use reference images. So just, just stop the playback of TNG season two at any time. Check out pretty much. Yeah, check out what Will Wheaton is styling, and yeah, <laughs> yeah. go from there. Yeah. Well, I just wanted to I just wanted to drop that update because we we had talked about it. We theorized what they were going to put in that box, and uh, and now we know. Yeah, and they're also coming out with another Klingon expansion. We've got five more Klingons, and I think two oh, of, of them two of them are the Duras sisters. And I didn't look at the rest of the names. The Okay. You know, after, once you get past Gowron, Martak, Martok, uh, Dura sisters, Worf, and uh, I don't know, uh, Alexander uh, Rochenko. Like after you get past yeah. those, like what's what's left? You know, like I, um, what what's his face? The the no, I don't. Know. I don't. I, I'm, I'm not I up to date on all my Klingons. I, it's yeah. it's been a minute, honestly. It's been a minute since I've seen oh, any Star Trek, for that matter, actually. Um. I I did I did get the Paramount. I did buy into that to watch the new stuff, and I haven't even haven't even bothered yet. But we'll get there. We'll get there. I'm glad there's I'm glad there's cool minis though. I mean, hopefully, uh, you know, it's a decent game attached to it. Who cares? I mean, <laughs> you know, like, a little bit like for longevity. You know, I, I'd like it to be a decent game at least, like. Sort of fun. It'll be out of production by the time I read the rule book. Like we, we all know that. I know. Uh, but it's so sad. I actually think it is a good way to populate a game of Space Station Zero. I did read the first like ah. three pages of that rule book, and sure. yeah, you get you got spaceships that just accidentally warp 
a, a million light years to a poor space station in the middle of nowhere, and you got to hang right. out. And yeah, Klingons can do that. Romulan Starfleet, it happens. So you'll be the the weird dude at the uh, the Renaissance Fair dressed as the Star Trek person, and you just have a full away team, and you'd be like, "What is this space station we're on? <laughs> Let me check," <laughs> and that'll be your your gang of people. Yeah, I think I think it's a wonderful gang for Space Station Zero because you already got like enough lore built up there. Oh, yeah. Like yeah, this, this is my bridge crew. I've got I've got an exploration crew, or this is yeah, this is my warship crew of Klingons. Like it it works, it works. Yeah. Uh, the the Klingons I can I can get behind because at least they're like oh good this is like a thing this is you know this time for battle, you know. Uh, a bridge crew or an away crew mm. going and they just be like what's going on like this is in borg and like weird you know gangers popping out of nowhere with like flamers just melting people <laughs> like <laughs> yeah that's that's an interesting thought <laughs> right and so my understanding from what i have skimmed of the rules of space station zero like when you're when you're building your crew so for those of those of you who have forgotten, this is a model agnostic game from Snarling Badger Studios. That is correct. Yeah, one of the Badger Studios with with all Vince and Adam there. They, this is yeah. one of the 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 books, the games that they wrote. And uh, yeah, you you're palling around with a crew from a starship, and you get stranded on a weird space station. And when you're building your crew, the the character types or the unit types are. Uh, I kind of forgot, but it's like scientist, engineer, uh, warrior, w soldier, whatever they are. But yeah. the good thing is you get the old crew of the seventeen oh one D. You know what? You know what they all do. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You, that's, I mean, that's true. You know who you, the like, scientist you is. You know put who them the, in the right spots. Yeah, yeah. the counselor <laughs> yeah. in pajamas. You know what she does. Yeah, you. Not, not a lot. Honestly. <laughs> I'm sensing anger, <laughs> right? <laughs> and frustration. Uh, yeah. yeah, the yeah the the empath in the room just saying <laughs> what everybody's thinking. Ah, <laughs> uh, they, they could have given that one more thought, but hey, what are you gonna do? I mean, I get it, right? Like they well, they were trans. All stuff. right, this was this was a good session of Star Trek: Bravely the podcast. Well, yeah, on that note, no, I, I, uh, I enjoy it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Play us out, Casey. Yeah. Oh, uh, yeah. Let me grab my, uh, my Thurman. Your Thurman. Yeah. You, you know, you you know what a Thurman is. No, does anyone? Nobody knows what a thermon is. Nobody knows what you're talking about, Casey. No, everybody knows what a thermon is. It's, it's an instrument you play with your hands. It's what made the Star Trek theme, the original, the weird Whoa. space noise. The, you, you know, you know that. You learn something. You learn new something every new every day. Every day. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 <laughs> All right. So, uh, you know, just uh, down in the comments, just be like, I know what a thermon is, or I don't. Just let us know. Casey, why don't you tell us about uh, lead hairs or guide hairs, as they're called? Guide hairs in, in paintbrushes? Well, you know, until recently, I think everybody was under the impression that most sable brushes had a, uh, uh, you know, mythical lead or guide hair down the center of them. 
to point all the hairs in the proper direction. Um, but according to a recent video by Trevarian, he made that shit up, and uh, it stuck. It's pretty funny, though. <laughs> it is funny. <laughs> I don't know if that's true. I mean, I, I guess we have to take his word for it, but... Yeah, tell tell um, the story. Tell the story. Well, so, I mean, in, in the video, he, he kind of goes into it, so you can kind of take a look, but... Basically, he was on uh, like a live stream that got the Minchermaniac did like five, six years ago and kind of mentioned it as a joke, like because Scott had a weird hair in his brush. And he's like, oh, that's that's the uh, the leader hair to point all the other hairs, you know, where to go, which is funny. Um, and then Scott made a video about it. And I remember seeing this video like when it came out. I think it was before we were even on YouTube. It was a little while back. Um and yeah, he's just like, oh yeah, you know, sometimes you get this thing and, and this is why. And that information just kind of stuck around. Um, and in, in Trevarian's video, he's talking about how, yeah, that's not actually true at all. And I mean, I it's funny because I've seen like the making of Windsor Newton brushes mm -hmm. video. Yep. It, it's it's on YouTube. You can watch it. It's, it's a pretty good, good documentary. Actually. It's a good little, yeah, yeah, Terry. Yeah, um, and it's, like, nowhere in this thing does it say that or show that. And even when they're making the brushes, like, that's not what's going on. No. It's just so it's, a, like, clearly not true. A level field of all of the bristles going into the ferrule before yeah. that, the ferrule's, like, glued and crimped and everything. Yeah. It right. looks really so, nice, actually. It's just all, <laughs> oh, yeah. all perfectly even bristles and you know, make into that Yeah, paper. and then they shape it and mm. clip it and do their do their stuff with it. And basically... If you have a wayward hair in your sable brushes, it's just uh, it's just that. It's a wayward hair. And you can pluck it out or clip it off or do whatever you want, but your brush is your brush. Um, which is pretty funny because that, that kind of makes you wonder, like, what other weird things in our hobby have been talked about? Like, you know, just deep in the underbelly, this thing that people know about, they know about. Yeah. And it's just not true. <laughs> yeah. It. Like that that video from Trevarian might be the most important hobby video of the year. I think it gets yeah. something really yeah. deep is that, you know, kind of in the art community, really all human information, but I think especially in this community, we're all just like trading yeah. tips and, and trying to teach each other what we know, that there, there are these nuggets of information that get distributed and amplified and everyone has heard of before, but... We, we don't really fundamentally understand necessarily things yeah. that are done just because, oh, that's, that's how they're done. Um, or, yeah. or products that get recommended just because you heard somebody else recommend them or, you know, all that stuff. Um, and <laughs> I mean, in my last video where I was putting the brushes under the microscope and I, I had one of those lead hairs, the guide hairs right, or, yeah. Or really what it was is just a bristle just a, that was longer than all the yeah. others in one of my paintbrushes. Clipped, yeah. And I had a little offhand comment like, this brush looks pretty good. We got this one long hair in there. I will probably like use a razor to try to cut it to the, the length of the others, something like that. I got multiple comments of like, that's the, that's the guide yeah. hair. It's supposed to yeah. be there. Uh, don't, don't do that. You'll, you'll mess up the brush. Like leave, leave it as it is. It's supposed to be there. And... Yeah, that was just a bit of information that was floating around. 
I don't know if we can confirm for sure. Like the reason is floating around is because of like that joke that Trevarian made. I mean, but I, it's I buy hard it. to say. I buy it. Yeah. Like it's it sounds reasonable. Yeah. And and the way that this community works, like just look at Slap Chop, right? That was like an overnight thing. Yeah. It, it instantly took. And I swear, and I can't remember where I saw it, but I, it was like a non-miniature painting thing where you know, it might have been like a Google search or something I was doing. And, and it was like some other company talking about miniatures for some weird reason. And they're like, oh, and a commonly used slap chop technique. And it's like, how would you even know what that is? I, yeah, I feel like why? I saw that. It was from like a, a wider nerd publication of some kind it, yeah, it wasn't some polygon like but that. it was like something like that it was it like, was something yeah. like that though yeah, yeah not yeah. not pc gamer but like something like that a, a, like a yeah. nerd publication that kotaku or something like that i don't know like oh man it's like it's right on the, the but yeah it was it was someone just turning out shorts for one of those larger nerd publications yes. someone who needed to make like five different shorts that day and their their short that they made is they watched uh <laughs> they watched Rob's video, they watched a Ninjon video, and they said, this is how to miniature paint, and they just yes, summarized the slap literally. chop technique. And like, so, yeah, sometimes just, just stuff gets amplified, and obviously the slap chop had been amplified before that. Um, slap right, chop, yeah. it's a dumb name, but at least it is a real technique. It's it's not like yeah. it's not misinformation Completely, that got amplified. Yeah, that's true, yeah. <laughs> it's not just fake news. <laughs> Leader hair on your brush, like even that single one bristle that's slightly longer than the rest yeah i i remember um a while back like uh i think it was uh emma from squidmar who was saying something about that too like um oh yeah you know it'll fall out or you just gotta clip it off like all sable brushes have that um i don't remember what I, I mean i frequently see that, but, i frequently yeah. see brushes that have one hair that's longer than the others and yeah. i i often at least perceive it to be kind of in the middle of of the round brush but i mean i suppose because it's longer it's just gonna look like the tip sure because it's just longer yeah <laughs> like it's gonna be out there <laughs> standing alone like <laughs> um so i think i think someday we should do a full episode on just weird bits of chicken soup for healing knowledge that gets right. passed around weird myths and beliefs uh, and, yeah and, hobby lore and myths that aren't yeah. necessarily true so if you it, out we're putting out a call right now leave it in the yeah. comments on the web zone of of the youtube channel here if you have any like myths that you keep hearing that you are skeptical about or you're like that like yeah yeah things that you keep hearing is advice that don't quite sound right uh, we've, yeah. we were, Casey and I were trying to brainstorm a little bit and we're just so stuck on the like brush maintenance right now that we're having a hard time mentally <laughs> yeah. breaking out of that. But, uh, yeah, like one example, I've, I've been doing a little work on, on cleaning brushes and that reminded me of stripping plastic minis and mm -hmm. that that's one of those like pockets of advice. Like how do you strip down a plastic mini? Some people yeah. will swear by uh, super clean. Some people will swear by yeah. green, whatever, green. Simple green. Simple green. Purple power. Yeah, you'll get some, and then you get some people, no, 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 no don't use that. Use BioStrip. No, 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 no yeah, don't use that. Use yeah. Detol. That's the only way to do it. And it's well, like, I get a, a lot recently of brake cleaner. Just straight up brake cleaner. I've also seen that. Yes, yeah. I have also seen that. And it is 
fascinating to see all these people with these very specific pieces of advice. Yeah. And and the real answer is there's a lot of stuff that'll work. You're you're cleaning something. It, yeah, it, there are lots of ways paint. to clean something. <laughs> like yeah, <laughs> water soluble. Yeah, acrylic paint. You don't need to order a a UK exclusive cleaning fluid uh, and, and special order it and ship it yeah. across the Atlantic in order to yeah dip your mini in special detol or bio strip or, or well, whatever. And yeah. people do, especially with Ellie's totally awesome. I mean, when we started using that stuff and it became the go-to yeah. liquid for cleaning. It's like, yeah, it works, but yeah. so does everything else. It's I mean, a... it's cheap here. That's why we buy it. Right. It's cheap. Right. Like, exactly. I can't stress this enough. It's the cheapest thing. <laughs> like, it's fine. If you're in the UK, use Detol or whatever the heck you have. If you're here and you got a Dollar General nearby, get yourself some... Uh, exactly. Some, yeah, some Super Clean or some LA's Totally Awesome. Um, I got plenty of people outside the States that are like, oh, yeah, I ordered it from Amazon like I'm shipping it yeah it's a little more expensive but yeah oh, I think it'd be worth it yeah, like, the oh, best. Guys, no. use the best yeah oh, like you got you got all the other stuff there just okay. use the green stuff or the purple stuff or what the red one the red one's good yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's colored concentrated like it's probably made of exactly the same stuff I mean it, the, like on the side of an LA's totally awesome bottle it's 99% water oh sure yeah so yeah, You're already most of the way there with whatever you got. It's a basic solution of detergent. It's an aqueous yeah. detergent solution <laughs> with a little bit of extra hydroxide in there. Like it's, it, yeah, pretty much. Yeah, <laughs> that's about it. Uh, pine salt. Pine salt's a good one. That one's supposed to be good, but it leaves your apparently leaves your models smelling piney fresh for years, even right. after painting them. Right. And so, actually, I think the day this episode of Paint Brave of the podcast goes out. I think that's actually the five-year anniversary of the first Goobertown Hobbies video, and that first oh, video okay. was the comparison of different paint strippers for plastic right. minis. So this is need to revisit. Kind, yeah. kind of topical. Uh, <laughs> any, <laughs> um, but yeah, like some people definitely hear the advice of you got to use pine sol, detol, bio strip, super clean, whatever it is, and they just swear by that. And yeah. and that's how these like packets of advice get passed around of yeah. like understanding part of something or like a little bit of misinformation or this kind of works. And mm -hmm. I don't know, I, I always get skeptical when I hear that stuff, but it also really makes you understand how a little bit of misinformation like, oh, yeah, the one long hair that was a mistake that you should trim that's actually the guide hair. It's very important. And uh, also known as the iron sights of your paintbrush to, to really. That, that's interesting. <laughs> that's an interesting stretch for sure. Uh, well, no, I think I, <laughs> I, I think that, that video that Trevarian made was really important. It was like, guys, just yeah, just be a little bit skeptical. Uh, I mean, there's there's so much human information out there that we cannot all literally do our own research on everything that we come in contact well, with. We have to I mean, trust generally, each other. And like, yeah. <laughs> you're looking at stuff that people in the same community are creating based off of that information. Like the lead hair thing, even if, if we are to, to go off of what Trevarian said, right? That video is like five, six years old. So that's how long we've been, in with this information thinking it's true so if you're gonna go look it up 
well, that video has been around for five, six years. Yeah. I'll, I'll, I guess that's, mm-hmm. that's the, the source I'm using, mm-hmm. you know, like that's, that's a tough thing to, to deal with. I mean, I say stuff that's probably incorrect all the time. Yeah. Like I try not to. That's a great point. Like, I feel the same way. Like I, I try not to say wrong things. If I'm a little yeah. bit skeptical about something that's in my script, I might like back it off and like put some qualifier uh, yeah. words in front of yeah, there exactly. or not mention it. <laughs> or, like, or, yeah. You're using specific language to t- kind of be like, I don't know, maybe, but it seems. Yeah. 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 And yeah, me getting hoodwinked and putting out information that is just entirely wrong is kind of a nightmare scenario. Um, and yeah, this is this is no shade at all on on Scott. Like these these no, bits of information no. come to us, and if they kind of seem reasonable and kind of make sense with our our understanding of things, then they get mm-hmm. passed on. Uh, just well, like he said in the video too. He's like, well, you know, considering. It, here's the person giving Scott this information is is a multi award winning painter, like a, a very 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 high level painter. Yes, that can paint Golden Demon level in in like, you know, a day. Yeah, you know what I mean, like ridiculously good. So it's like, yeah, okay, I I completely believe what you're telling me right now. According, like that you know about paintbrushes, right? So, yeah, it's it's like it it could happen for a lot of reasons. You know, that type yeah. of information, like somebody just says something or is joking or whatever. Yeah. Um, so, so in yeah, that, so if you have any of those, <laughs> yeah, for sure. If you, if you have any of those little bits of wisdom that get passed around that you keep hearing that you're skeptical of that sound wrong that you, yeah. <laughs> then yeah, we'd be definitely interested in, in discussing them and mm-hmm. trying to, uh, to argue with each other about which ones actually are real and which ones aren't that, that sounds like fun to me. Yeah. Uh, the, the other day I was, I was in some Facebook group for miniature painting and somebody was talking about, um, using a sauna cleaner and what solution they should use and if they should use isopropyl alcohol. And there was a guy in the comments that was like, I've been using isopropyl alcohol on my sauna cleaner as a professional in an industry that uses it daily for like 30 years. It's fun. Mm-hmm. And that made me kind of question that that whole thing of like that's we tell people all the time don't do that you're gonna burn your house down. Yeah, well, in his setting, is he using a professional ultrasonic cleaner that costs twenty thousand dollars, or is he using one that costs sixty five dollars that was shipped to you from China <laughs> with free shipping? Like, you that's know? a very good point. I don't know. I didn't ask. <laughs> it just got me thinking about it. Yeah. Uh, because that yeah isopropyl alcohol is flammable that's oh yeah highly flammable yeah, yeah. yeah. safety safety wonder. talk is always a little bit like tricky of like yeah yeah you know yeah. don't get too much of it on your hands well don't breathe in too much of it definitely don't drink it um but the fire <laughs> safety is is normally cut and dry no that's flammable you be careful which yeah no it is i i do want to test that at some point though like get some sonic cleaners fill it up you know and just do something, see what happens. Take it in your backyard. Uh, yeah, build, yeah, you know, in a, in a safe place. Yeah, build like a little uh, funeral boat for it, float it out in the middle of your pond. Uh, exactly. Try exactly. to shoot some fire arrows at it, see if you can, <laughs> you can get your, <laughs> your cleaner to light up. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Something, something, someday. I'm going to try it out. But in the meantime, yeah. don't do that. 
Yeah. All right. I got. Until, until I have. Somebody figures that out. I have one for you. All right. I've been okay. watching a lot of videos about cleaning paintbrushes lately, and mm-hmm. one piece of advice that keeps coming up, that seems dumb, that seems like it's being repeated for no reason, is when you're using brush soap. Yeah. So many videos that I've watched say, get the brush soap on your brush. And then mush it around in the palm of your hand. Like that, that is, that's how you clean your brush. You got to get soap in the palm of your hand and then mush your brush around in the palm of your hand. I have done that many times. I'm sure it works. I mean, yeah, it works. Like, it works fine. You can mush soap around anywhere. You could, you could <laughs> mush it around on your palate, a little shot glass. You could mush it around on the bar of soap that you're using. You could, uh, yeah, that's true. A little paper towel. Your desk, a little, little plate, like you could, it, anywhere, the, the, your sink, you could mush it around on the bottom of your sink. That'd be a good place for it. Yeah, that makes but, sense. Um, but like every video I've watched is, yeah, get, get get some soap on your brush and then right to your hand. You got got to yeah. be like right in the center. I, I guess there's like a little little crease in the palm of your hand that you can kind of I mean, cup yeah, it and your... like shape the brush a little bit. You got a little texture there. Yeah. Like it's 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 not a bad idea. It's just one of those things that's wild to me that gets repeated so often because it's not it's yeah, not it's a like good enough idea. It's not a good enough idea to merit <laughs> yeah. like being repeated constantly. Like I mean, yeah, it's like it's it's hard to say. It's like a B minus level idea. It's like it's oh it's it's all right. Like yeah, <laughs> yeah. Uh, I mean, I, I, you know, you gotta wonder then, like, where did that even originate from? Is it just like, oh, that was convenient at the time, so everybody was like, oh yeah, brush is clean, cool. I guess I'll rinse and repeat. Literally, I think it's one of those examples of a couple of people, or maybe even just one person, made a video where they recommended that, and it could have been a video. I mean, it could have been in the time times before videos of could it could have been a yeah, blog. That's true. Could have been a, a, a blog post where there's just a, a grainy image of somebody having the brush on the palm of their hand, and uh, right shaping the tip. Yeah, yeah. Because <laughs> they they didn't want to talk about how you can do that after washing it and using your mouth. Because yeah, exactly the best way. To or do your it. fingers, like yeah, he. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Or you kind of twirl it on a paper towel to get the to get the point back. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, there's there's tons of ways, right? So. I don't know. I mean, unless... Okay. I watch a Bob Ross video. Okay. And if I have a, if I have a two-inch paintbrush, you better believe I'm going to beat the devil. Yeah, beat the devil out of it. Every single time. Yeah. That, that's going to use the odorless mineral spirits, though. Yeah. Yes, exactly. Mm-hmm. You know, if I'm painting with oil Just beat the devil out of it. Yeah. I, every time. So, and, and I mean, that's something that I do when I clean out a paintbrush. I go, oh, where's a, like a, a, a you know, a pole or something I could beat the devil out of the brush with like every time like I'll, I'll i'll do some painting in my house or something and it's like okay clean it out clean it out and just like you know slap it on something the edge of a table or the sink or something it's like yeah that's how you clean that i didn't know you actually know. did that that's funny <laughs> oh yeah no that's for real every time and i don't know maybe it's a nostalgia hit or it's just it's just buried deep in there that yeah. that's just what you got to do well i think that's i think that's connected to the lore of you know you don't want any liquid with paint particles to sink back up into the the ferrule, sure. right? And yeah. so, it, it seems like people are are militant about not putting their brushes upside down. That seems like one of those pieces right. of advice that is overshared. 
Like, yeah, if you have yeah. wet paint in your brush, don't put it upside down because then more of that wet paint will get deeper into the ferrule. But, like, if you cleaned your brush and it's wet with water, like, <laughs> if you are, if you are sure though. that it's just water in there, I mean, yeah, if you, like, kind of clean the brush and it's, like, water sure. with a little paint in there, like, okay, like, yeah. probably best to lay it flat instead of putting it upside down. But there is... There's a militant streak about, like, if they see a a cup with upside-down brushes in it, you're going to get some comments. You're going to get some comments. And, yeah, uh, that's that's true. True. <laughs> that seems I mean, like, I have, that seems like, like one of those brushes. things that's, like, less important than it's been amplified to be. <laughs> yeah. Now, I've got, like, when a, when a brush goes to die, mm-hmm. for me, mm-hmm. it 100% goes into a cup with the tip up. Sure. That, and that's where it, that's where it lives. Sure. I've got a cup in the other room that is filled with paintbrushes, yeah. and that's just, if I need a trash brush, then I'm going I'm to grab it out of there, because that's like signifying that I don't care about this anymore. Okay, so your <laughs> you good brushes are all laying flat. Yeah, I don't, I mean, I don't have, I don't put them in a cup anyways to store brushes, like I have uh, like a brush box, mm-hmm. and or I'll just set them in my space on a table, like, that's fine, um, because I do have a dedicated painting area so i don't have to really put things away so um that that might make a difference too like if you know if you're putting stuff away a lot if you have like a portable space then yeah you might be like okay throw the brush in the cup put it in the corner or whatever um yeah i don't know that's that's a tough one to say well if you have the bristles stored you know up you you put the handle of the brush into the cup and you got the bristles sticking up the cats will eat it so there you go. Yeah, think of that. Uh, now, I agree, don't put the bristles down. Like, I think we can all agree on that. That is a piece yeah, of advice, a piece of advice yeah. that is completely logical, makes sense, totally mm-hmm. fits into our understanding of the world. The idea of putting it just a clean brush, bristles up in a cup, that that also seems like it's probably fine. That seems that seems fine to me. <laughs> <laughs> Seem fine. <laughs> seems okay yeah yeah Yeah. but no no like that's just the way we transmit information i remember when i worked at that tropical fish store uh, i've told you this before but i remember like oh don't feed don't feed tetramin tetramin oh no that's that that fish food is no good you got to get the sarah fish food from germany that's the stuff like uh, upsell that that nice german food right or when you know, went to the the store in the mall GNC that sold protein powder and was looking at their like multivitamins and they're like, Oh, don't don't buy Centrum multivitamins. You gotta buy this <laughs> yeah. GNC multivitamin. I, I right. look at the bottle and oh, it has all the same stuff in it. Like, yeah, but this has better bioavailability. Like you get <laughs> right, right, and, right. and <laughs> like that was just something that that eighteen year old sales clerk had been told. And they'd heard it enough times that they'd internalized it, and they'd said it enough times yeah. that they'd internalized it, and they're like, yeah, oh yeah, this the the relabeled Centrum multivitamin, but this one has better bioavailability. Bioavailability. Yeah. Yeah. It sounds sounds like uh, they have like an actual piece of information to pass on, but if you stop and think about it, it's like no, that's this. It's just the same stuff in there. It's, you got yeah. you, you, you grams of magnesium, like it's. Like, <laughs> Yeah, if it's if it's like a vitamin or an element or something, uh, is it like did it just come off the other chunk of the block? 
you know, of the thing that you, you're putting in. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. It's hard to say with stuff like that and, and how that information gets shared. And uh, I mean, you, you talk about like conspiracy theories, right? And it's, it's the same kind of thing. Like somebody heard something, heard something, and then these things kind of match together and you're like, yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. But does it make sense? Yeah. And then enough people <laughs> repeat it. And then, uh, yeah. The, one of the most interesting things about that video that Trevarian put out is like, he was saying like, okay, I think I accidentally planted this idea in Scott's right. head and then Scott uh, repeated it. In it. I mean, the video was about a whole lot of other stuff and it was just a tiny yeah, segment yeah. of that brush care video. Um, but Scott repeated it. And then over the years, a lot of other people repeated it. And mm -hmm. to the point where Trevarian just in the last month was like looking around the internet because he wasn't sure himself anymore. Like, <laughs> yeah. like he was <laughs> like, all sure. of these people are saying this thing. Like, I, I think I started this piece of information yeah, and, yeah. but like there was so much of this misinformation out there. He was like, what did, did I accidentally say the correct thing? And like a lead hair actually right, is real. Yeah. A guide hair actually yeah. is real. And it was it was fascinating to hear his his self doubt of like looking it up and like no yeah this is not real like this is <laughs> <laughs> yeah like no 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 I, I made this up it was a joke yeah yeah uh, but it, I imagine that's how some dude who said the Earth was flat not too long ago is feeling about now mm-hmm 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 <laughs> yeah uh, and yeah I just I just think it's fascinating these these bits of uh, lore and information misinformation and. Uh, that's that's why I like to try to get to the bottom of this stuff to see if any of this is real or not. Yeah. And speaking of lore, I hope that Star Trek game gets a lore figure. That'd be cool. Oh, it might. It might. I don't know what. I don't, yeah, that would be that would be later on. So they're already doubling down yeah. on Federation minis. They're doubling down on Klingon minis already. I don't know if they're gonna go with like outsiders or uh mercenaries or i, I don't even why know why the rules they're... need to be good hmm yeah we'll see we'll see if we get to that point <laughs> you should read them you should read them and let me know eh, or or i could go and invest in the 40 dollars starter they're not expensive they're not yeah, expensive. No, it's like i just thought about that like wait wait this is yeah. probably not that expensive yeah that's fine <laughs> i'm not I'm not 100% sure what kind of plastic they are. Like, I was kind of <laughs> guessing PVC. They seem a little bit harder than other PVC I've seen. Um, mm. Not not quite as bendy, but yeah, just... It seems like there's a, a new style of PVC going around these mm. days. Um, like, a lot of the, the Ravage Star stuff that's come out is PVC, but it's like, it's not terrible. There you it's go. It's a little harder. You can, yeah. can kind of cut into it. Um. Yeah, like, and the details are still pretty good. So I wouldn't be surprised if maybe they just kind of figured out a better formula for PVC in the last year or so. Because, um, yeah, we're definitely seeing a lot more of that mm -hmm. than the, the normal, like, hips stuff. Yeah. But, like, the, um, yeah, the, you know, the packaging for this away team stuff kind of seems like it'd be a cheap, nasty mini, but they're they're simple, they're, they're clean, they're... I like them. I like them. Yeah. Not I like them more than I thought I would. Yes. <laughs> yeah. 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 <laughs> Speaking of which, 
not entirely, but uh, no, I've been painting uh, a bunch of iDemo games, uh, one-page rules integrated minis from Lazy Squire. Yeah, I got that right. Okay. Uh, this is a, they're doing a, another like Kickstarter backer kit type campaign. Um, so I've been painting some of those up, and they're like super detailed, but like nice looking models. Hmm. But yeah, like a simple model sounds pretty good right now. I've been painting a lot of like complicated stuff lately, and I'm I'm getting a little fed up. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Get you get you that Klingon box. Gow, get that Gowron yeah, box. Get that Gowron. Mm. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Those eyeballs are just waiting for some paint or paint some of the minis you already have that too that also good yeah you know, it's fair that's fair i have a an excess amount of models oh speaking of which though um so i don't know why i just thought of this and didn't put it in the notes at all but I, we're remodeling like this entire workspace speaking of models <laughs> yeah 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 i gotta remodel you mm-hmm. know what i'm saying yeah no like um so mm, the single car garage that's attached to the two car garage that I'm in is going to be turned into an office for my wife. So all of my okay. storage is being taken away, but in, in turn I'm getting those home Depot display cabinets mm. and I'm going to be lining one of the walls with those for storage and display. So a lot of stuff's going to be changing in, in my space pretty soon. So I'm going to end up having to go through all of the models and kind of catalog everything so I mean, I imagine I'm gonna find some pretty fun stuff. So I'm I'm hoping to share some some like juicy bits as they as they come out. Nice, yeah. I like that. Yeah, I don't know how much I'll be painting next week, but um, yeah, definitely been doing those i demo games minis, and they've been pretty cool so far. Less detailed than the Ravage Star stuff, which was also Lazy Squire that did the sculpting. Um, but still pretty detailed. Yeah. Like it's up there, yeah, um, yeah. But 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 nice that it's uh, one page rules, also, which I think is pretty neat. Yeah. Well, there's a there's a chance that I'll be going to visit Dave here soon, at, mm-hmm. in in the next maybe month or so, and to Canada. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You, you uh, go maybe go to Canada, and we were you we were talking about maybe painting some some Ravage Star minis, and I've been looking through the nice, the catalog yeah. and. Yeah, some of the some of the veil touched have more details than I than I feel like painting, but some of the <laughs> some of the other factions and and some of the minis are looking pretty nice. Yeah. Um or like, yeah, I could yeah. spend a couple of days maybe painting that with Dave like that. Sounds pretty yeah. good. So, now there's there's a, one particular faction that I don't remember the name of that I painted a few of the models uh I got Dave to send me a, a handful of them. Mm. Um and they're they are like just enough detail right they got a lot of cloth on them which is cool they have like a couple of dangly bits um their faces are uncovered for the most part so there's a lot of skin um which i like yeah i'd go with those or the or the dwarves the dwarf yeah, i was looking at the dwarves i was looking at the dwarves yeah <laughs> you can't you can't go wrong with a dwarf like even even one that's just completely armored up it's like well mm. cool slap chops and metallics and Pick out a couple details. We got dwarfs. Yeah, yeah. We're, we're looking at that. We'll we'll see if it actually happens. But uh, I've been been processing that possibility in my my brain space. And uh, there you yeah, go. Found, that, that would be exciting. Yeah, found some lazy squire sculpts for Ravage Star that are that's doable. Yeah, it looks not bad. Yeah. Not bad. Uh, nice. 
It'd be fun to go up to Canada. You visit the the bunker, get some good pics, and yeah, I'd travel through Niagara at uh, yeah. Buffalo, New York, on my way out there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, there's a lot of a lot of people up that way. There are, there are. I'm, I am putting together possibly a little, little trip. I want to, want to spoil or jinx anything. Okay. I mean, there's only if, if I, if I start other people that are up there. If I start over promising <laughs> yeah. things and then just yeah. get turned away at the border, like hang if I, out yeah. with, yeah, you turned away at the border. <laughs> <laughs> Play like, a huge trip. Yeah, if I if I start talking about what I'm going to do in Canada, and then the you know the border patrol stops me, and they're like, "Pop your trunk," and I'm like, "My trunk doesn't open." Uh, like, "Pop your trunk, sir." Yeah. I'm like, "No, it, my car, my car's broken. My trunk doesn't open, sir. You need to open your trunk." I'm like, "Okay, but I have to like crawl in through the back seat. Like, I'll I'll do it if you want to." Do you? And then, do you and then actually, I get searched. Yeah. yeah. Do you actually have that problem with the? Because I know what kind of car you have. Yes. I have the same car. I actually have that there, problem. I've gotten literally over the last. 10 years that I've owned it once a year I get a recall notice for the the hinges on the back door that they will fail and your trunk won't open anymore <laughs> you need to look into this because you could get it repaired for free at the dealership they're still sending these out I got one like three months ago okay well hey we might look into this I'm uh we'll, yeah. we'll talk offline Casey because yeah my trunk hasn't <laughs> yeah, opened know, for two right? years so <laughs> yeah I know there's there's literally a recall in those you, parts you press you the fob and there's a little click in the back but nothing click. opens yeah nothing opens. <laughs> okay you know what I'm talking about <laughs> I know exactly what you're talking about yeah yeah we just happen to have the same car it's kind of weird it's a good car well uh it's a good car yeah, yeah. let's Let's call it a Honda Civic. Let's 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 pretend. Yeah. yeah, that gives the right idea without totally. I mean, doxing us. <laughs> would it? I guess it might. Uh, but yours yeah. looks like a party van. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. I got rid of that party van, man. Yeah, but anyway, if the if the Mounties pull me over the border crossing and then they start doing some Google searching and they see me talking about my Canada trip and just yeah, you know. Mixing business and pleasure, willy nilly. Willy, exactly. That's that's fair, actually. Yeah, you know, because you got to declare what I can't do both. Apparently, yeah, yeah. Can't love your job and have you know good. Sir, time. you checked both check marks. Like, <laughs> yes, I'm here to have fun. Oh, oh, there was a there was a Jean Renault movie. Like yeah. Jean Reno, you know the professional. Oh, I, know, I of and, and if you look him up, he's like, yo, yeah. he's in Godzilla, which yeah, obviously he, he was the best part of that movie. And that movie, not good. Had other good people in it. <laughs> yeah, but okay. So you know who Jean Reno is? He did. He did. A, me and my high school friends were in a phase where we just watched every Jean Reno movie because we're like, this guy mm -hmm. is awesome. And every once in a while, he would do something as awesome as. The entire movie, the professional. Mm -hmm. Rarely, though, rarely. I gotta tell you, yeah. Ronan, yeah. he was good in Ronan. There was, um, there's like a femme fatale movie or something where he was the cleaner who showed up real briefly. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Anyway, anyway, uh, Jean, he's done a lot of those like bit parts like that. Yeah, yeah, he's good. But there was one movie where like his ex-wife died or something. And he had to go like settle her affairs, which I think also involved like investigation and murders. But yeah. he's he's at customs in Japan, and they're like uh, business or pleasure. And he just says neither, and like keeps on walking. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, try that. <laughs> Do that. See how far you get to Canada. You're like, uh, did you mean something like, else? Neither, or? and then just pop it into gear. And get out of there. <laughs> yeah. yeah, the Mounties coming after you. Yeah. 
So. You forgot to check the box, sir. So I don't want to jinx it. I, yeah, don't. It's been a long time since I've done uh, a land crossing from the U.S. into <laughs> Canada. I did, you know, when I went out to visit Neil a few years ago. Um, yeah, yeah. Uh, you know, for, for doing some real terrain hobbies out there. I mm-hmm. went through the airport customs in Toronto and they sent me they sent me to like a three hour line. It, there oh. were there were ten people in the line, but it was a three hour line. Right. Like, check, this is, background yeah. check in to make sure you're not coming in to try and stay yeah. wherever. Yeah. And I was like I was like, why did they send me this line? Surely surely more than ten Americans have got into this country in the past three hours. What's going on here? I would, I would think so. <laughs> you're just suspicious as well. Yeah. yeah. but I missed my connecting flight because they sent me. Oh, like, that sucks. That's not uh, anyway. That's that's not the important thing. Uh, mm-hmm. Ravage star minis. Maybe I'll paint some here soon. That was back on track. There we go. Back on track. Yeah, yeah. Uh, speaking of travel, I did just get back from ReaperCon. Yeah, Texas. Yes, dude. ReaperCon is awesome. Is it? Yeah. So it looked pretty cool. So basically, for years now, people have been telling me to go check out ReaperCon, go go see what's going on, and it's a smaller convention in a hotel and convention center. It was 1,300 attendees this year, and yeah, it had painting classes, it had like speed painting events, you know, hobby hijinks, they called it. It had... A painting competition. I didn't enter anything because I didn't get my act together in time. But I had a painting competition that actually sounds kind of like the Nova Open painting competition. Hmm. And what I mean by that is there isn't just one slot for first, second, third of oh right uh, yeah. within a category. It's like if you painted a very, very, very good model, you get a gold, and they'll give out as many golds as... Right, it's like you hit a threshold. Yeah. And they're like, you belong in this category. Yeah, or like you paint something that's pretty dang good, silver. You paint paint a nice-looking model, bronze, and I I, I don't... That sounds fun. I feel like there's a few more uh, kind of descriptive... (laughs) Yeah, yeah. I feel like the rubric the, might be a little more complicated here. than that, but I would think so. Yeah. But yeah, but yeah, they were giving out lots of awards to some very nice looking paint jobs. Um, individual companies, like companies other than Reaper, would give out like favorite awards, or you know, so there'd be uh, I don't know, DGS Freeblades was giving out their own awards for like models that they liked there. Midnight Minis. Um, Actually, uh, Mike from uh, Listening to Paint Dry, Listening mm-hmm. to Paint Dry actually gave out three awards for the youth category, so that was pretty oh, freaking sweet. That yeah. is a really good idea. Yeah, it was. That was actually you could totally do Paint Bravely awards. Hey, next ReaperCon, you and me, buddy, we go up there. Yes, everyone Just slap down a Cobalt card next to your mini. That's a gold. That's right. Gold. That's right. I, did I still have like a hundred more of those? Yeah. Um, but met a lot of cool people in addition to, uh, Mike from listening to paint dry and you and I did, uh, an interview on that podcast like four or five months ago, whenever it was, but finally, yeah, finally got to meet him in person. Real cool dude. Took a, took a jungle basin class for him, 
from him. Um, and oh, nice. yeah, it was it was awesome that it's uh, using the podcast, basically using all of the revenue generated from the podcast and all of the influence to like you know collect some donations from companies and stuff to like give little awards for um, yeah three of the the youth painters and it was that's really cool yeah it was it was cool it was cool so the way i'm thinking of ReaperCon is it's kind of like some of the other conventions in the hobby mm-hmm. but you take the giant room where people are having a warhammer tournament you delete all of those players and you use those right. tables to have people hanging out and painting minis i mean that's that's a big room with a lot of painting yeah so it it was awesome like there there were people who came for the 4-day convention who just clamped a big old desk lamp onto yeah. onto one of these tables and mm-hmm. just just camped in the convention hall for for four days and um there was there was a little bit of theft at the convention this year apparently that's like the first time it's ever happened a couple of just nicely painted models uh walked away very nicely painted models and so um that's the stupid like yeah what are you gonna do with those models the the ultra recognizable you definitely didn't paint them models right the the hypothesis I heard that sounds I mean it's sad but believable is that it was somebody's kid. Like somebody's oh, somebody's kid was like, Oh, this yeah. this is cool, a little wizard, a little R two D two and just yep. Yep. yep, uh, yep, yep. Okay. And I mean that yeah. it sucks because like those were those the the theft happened at kind of the, the artist alley, which is where the the really talented artists who are also kind of doubling as judges for the competition mm-hmm. hangout and um, several minis uh, walked off from that area, which is super sad. Um, and, you know, kind of, kind of spoils the experience a little bit, but a little bit, yeah. yeah, it's that's, that's not something that person is going to repeat. And, and yeah, it might've just been a kid or something, but. I mean, I, it's believable for like some kid because yeah, I mean, yeah. I'd want to eventually bring my kid to a convention or something because I'm sure that'd be fascinating for yeah. him, yeah. you know. And but yeah, I could see that happening. Like, oh, I just really like this thing. I thought it was maybe it was on the table, and you could just oh, I just want that model or whatever. Yeah, that makes me feel a little bit bad. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But you know, at other conventions. Uh, you, you might walk around with a backpack where you carry all the stuff you need for the day, all the things you've bought, your 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 lunch, water bottle, whatever, snacks, yeah. some some game, some minis if you need to play uh, Space Station Zero, whatever. You, you a lot of <laughs> a lot of conventions you walk around with a backpack because you you need to have access to stuff. A yeah. lot of people at ReaperCon, there is again this this hall of tables set up for people to paint. People were just leaving. People would leave their backpacks at these tables. People would leave so their their paint sets just, at these tables. Yeah, yeah. Um, and there were there were a lot of people who basically showed up who who hadn't finished their competition entries, and yeah. so they set up their lamps, set up all their paints and everything, stayed in that hall for Thursday and Friday working on their competition <laughs> yeah. entries, and then uh, yeah, 
submitted them, and then we're just hanging out for the rest of the convention at their their little campsite there. And nice. so that seemed cool. Um, there, like I said, there there wasn't a lot of war gaming, but there were you know some games uh, like RPGs going on. So I played a game of uh, Pirate Borg, which is like Mark Borg but with pirates. Uh, it's just, uh, pretty awesome. Just a little two-hour one-shot of that, and that was fun. Um, nice. I played a total of eight hours of the Sunless Citadel, which is a D&D module, and mm. uh, that was awesome. So there were a total of five players, but two DMs, and these two, Weird. I think okay. they're kind of like local guys, um, but they had spent a ton of effort making these awesome terrain boards, painting right, up all yeah. the minis. And yeah, the the reason there were two DMs is there was one DM, and then the other guy was like, you know, populating the rooms with miniatures right, and, and putting all the, up, yeah. yeah, you you open this door and there are five sarcophagi and like skeletons are popping up, <laughs> yeah. like yeah, just yeah. like throwing all that in there. That's cool, yeah. Um, and those guys did a, a a heck of a job, and that was a that that game was a real treat. And oh, I bet, yeah. And yeah, the reasonably affordable convention like that eight hour session of D D costs four dollars i think uh okay and i think they might be undercharging yeah they little. might be undercharging <laughs> yeah um and they and they only ran it once they they made like a full terrain board and painted up all the minis and ran that eight hours once during the convention. I would I would yeah. think like if if you were advertising, hey, this is a really cool like eight straight hours big yeah. campaign thing with everything laid out, all the boards. Here's like video. Here's all the stuff that we're doing. It's fifty hundred bucks. <laughs> I'm sure you'd get people to sign up for something like that. Like sure, don't undersell yourselves, sure. guys. Come on. So these guys, I think they they said they had just gotten back. It was it was Mike and Dan were the name of the guys. They don't have you know social media presence or anything, but mm-hmm. maybe after they they crush this again next year, maybe they will. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. Um. But yeah, they they had just gotten back into D and D like within the last year, and so this was them kind of like yeah. doing sort of doing a, a trial run, but they. But it was it was great. That was fun. Uh, yeah, I took a bunch of classes that were good. I did a lot of work on uh, painting skin. I took uh, several classes on nice. painting skin and like where to put shadows on the face, shadows and highlights on the face. And I think I, I think I got some good tips in my brain now, so that I nice. feel better about it. Where stuff. where do you come down on like painting faces? Then like is that the the enjoyable part of of painting a model, or is it like a lesser piece for you well it used to be something i was afraid of like there were there were years where it was time to paint the face and the only things i really knew were darken the eye sockets and then like i i've been able to kind of paint eyes for a while now but in terms of a good dot going like they're not off centered or anything yeah thank you good dots thank you thank you so the amount I used to know about painting faces was like put a wash on it, hope for the best, hope that <laughs> yes. hope that some of it dries in the eye sockets, and then paint the eyes in. Um, but with these classes, like it just just the tips of here are the four places to put a shadow, here are the four places to to put a highlight, um, and you know things like look at the side profile of the face, like the you know 
right under the nose is shadowed. The top mm -hmm. of the upper lip is a little little bit of a highlight. You know, mm -hmm. bottom of the upper lip, you know, in you know the in between your lips is shadowed. Top of the bottom lip is highlight, and and just like mm -hmm. the patterns of light dark, light dark. Um, mm -hmm. Kind of the the you know looking at the the shape of a cheek and seeing which part of the cheek is shadowed and highlighted. Very cool stuff. Yeah. Um, and uh, yeah, just a, a couple of two hour classes that made me feel a lot more confident about, yeah, just paint the mid-tone on a face. And then I've got a couple of places I know to just purposely put in a shadow here, put in a highlight there. And uh, that'll be better than putting a wash on it and hoping for the best. That's for sure. <laughs> yeah, I've, I've come to the conclusion sort of recently that painting faces on models is my favorite part. Nice. Like I, when I stopped using a wash on faces and doing that, like placing the shadow, placing the highlight, right. Understanding those steps, it just became so much more fun. And it, all of a sudden it's like, cool. I'm like, I'm, I'm doing the painting thing. Like I'm getting it down. I'm finding these, these, volumes and shapes and making the face look cool. Right. How I want it to look. And right. it, it changed everything about it. Um, yeah. I don't know. Just, uh, I under interesting thing. I didn't think would, would ever happen. Cause yeah, I used to be like terrified of painting faces for mm -hmm. sure. Mm -hmm. yeah. I, I completely understand what you're saying. Like just, just having that, that plan, that, that standard yeah. plan for, how you can get a start on a face that'll probably look like a person when you're done. Yeah. Of. Right. Like yeah. when you're done, it's like, well, I got the basics down. It's definitely a face. Yeah. You know, and, and then just getting better at that over time. Uh, like I just painted a, a commissar Yark and his face was like, it, it's got like, you know, the, the tall, whatever collar popped around his cheeks, mm. everything sharp. And then you got like the brim of the hat going over. And I was like, I, I don't know if I can do this, you know? And like, it just working at those exact same techniques. And it's like, Oh man, there's a face there. Mm -hmm. Like you, you can't, it's like, you didn't even see it before. And all of a sudden you just follow those kind of simple, uh, guides and, and all of a sudden there's a face. Yeah. Like it did, doesn't even have to be that good, but all of a sudden it just pops out at you. Um, I did the same thing. I, I painted a Fabius bile. You know, and I've actually, cause his, the cloak on the Fabius bile and like, um, uh, a lot of those old nineties models have like the skin cloaks, you know, you would know, I know, like Eldar. Oh, yeah, I know. You know all yeah. about that. Yeah. Um, but painting like that type of thing, um, I've just been thinking about this a lot in the last week cause I've been painting that specific model and it's all skin all over the place Yeah. and just a big head on top. And it's like, oh man, like it's old pewter model kind of jank. But it, you know, it just comes out doing that. So that's pretty cool. Yeah, taking a couple classes sounds fun, though. Yeah. So I, I mean, those were the most expensive parts of the con at like twenty-five or thirty bucks for a two-hour class, but absolutely it's worthwhile. Reasonable. Like if you yeah. if you walk out of that with a few tips, that like I walked out of that with <laughs> confidence that I at least had some ideas of how to paint faces. <laughs> uh, yeah. It wasn't just guessing anymore, and so I think that's great. Like. It, it has been fun to continue to learn how to paint minis and to now I'm getting to the point where I kind of have 
an answer for almost every part of a mini that you, you come into contact with. Okay, here's here's some metal. I know how to paint that. Here's yeah. a face, a, a gun, a, you know, cloak, whatever. Like I forgot options, ideas, starting right. points, standard <laughs> practices for, for how to, you know, make some of those things not look terrible. And yeah, a lifelong hobby that you can keep learning at and, and keep getting, you know, new tools in the toolbox. I like it. I like it. Oh yeah. Uh, I mean, you know, even just getting the, the basics down of like, well, here's the the highlights, the midtones, and the shadows for for a face. It's like, well, how many faces are you gonna end up painting, and how much better are you gonna be for having learned that simple thing, mm. and then mm. continuing that over a hundred or a thousand faces, right? Um, yeah, I mean, I I do remember figuring that out specifically, and then like I can look at the first face that I use that on, and then compare it to now, and it's like, man, like I didn't even realize. Like it's just so much better. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so it's cool that doesn't even matter how long you've been doing it, how long you've been in the hobby. Like you're you're gonna get better, even with just smallest amount of information. Sure, sure. Yeah, and uh, looking around at the other people in those classes, like there were there were some real painters taking those classes, and I assume yeah. for I assume it's a roll of the dice. Some of them learn something, and some of them. Yeah. yeah, maybe next time, but worthwhile. Well, you never know, yeah. but I mean, it's, hanging out for a couple hours painting, like you can't go wrong, right? Yeah, I think it's worth the risk, and and yeah, I, I, you're you're absolutely right. Right, worst case scenario, you you painted some sort of test model for a couple hours, and you got a couple more hours of practice in. So there's that. Yeah, exactly. There's that. Yeah. Um, and so I knew I knew this was a smaller convention, so I made sure to sign up for a lot of stuff because I didn't want to just be wandering around the relatively <laughs> small vendor hall for four days straight. Yeah. Um, and I think it was the right call, but stayed busy all the way through, constantly running into to cool folks to talk to, people I had met before, people I hadn't met before. Um, I'm not going to list them all because then I'll forget some people and I'll feel bad about it's, it later. Yeah, that's, yeah. How it goes, that's right? bad radio yeah. anyway, but <laughs> can't do that. Yeah. Let's just start alphabetically. Thank hey. you, Alfonso. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Yeah. Not doing that. <laughs> yeah. 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 <laughs> but you know who you are. You know who you are. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. That's yeah. fine. Fine. <laughs> oh man. Yeah. Picked up, picked up some minis. It, it was a fun vendor hall. Like it was small, but yeah. like there were there were some some familiar faces there. You know, there was there was Turbo Dork and DGS Freeblades and Scale Seventy Five and uh, I don't right. know. I, I got exposed to Ignition Core for the first time, which is like uh, cool. Chibis in in mech suits, which is pretty sweet. And uh, I take it back. Yeah. Oh, you'll see. You'll see. I'll, I'll show you. I'll show you all. <laughs> yeah. You, uh, you bought into some of those uh, ignition core minis, did you? Oh, I got for you. I got for you. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's right. I know something about the chibi thing. Like, I just... I, you'll get there. I have no connection. I have no connection to Well, they're not... Ignition core isn't full-size chibi head. Is it, like, they're... overly heroic? stubby legs oh they're they're yes yes <laughs> okay okay 
So it's so right it's, in between. It's like, a, it's like an eight or a nine on the chibi scale. Oh, there, yeah, there you go. <laughs> There's a scale, and uh, yeah, that makes sense. Okay. Yeah. And, I don't know. And on that scale, know. I'd I'd put uh, Star Trek Away missions at like a four, maybe. Right, yeah. right. Because you yeah. you got your forty mil kind of. Yeah, they got like they got big old heads. Not I mean, right. Yeah. Not 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 ridiculously so, but solid so four on the chibi know scale. Who they are? Yes. Yeah, you got to yes. know who they are. Yeah. I mean, those Klingons have big old heads, anyways. Though they do. Oh, yeah. those were actually fun to paint. Like talking about that like sense, talking yeah. about shading and highlighting. Mm-hmm. Those those brow ridges on <laughs> yeah. that era of Klingon makeup. So oh, yeah. good. There's just like the forehead has like three giant ridges on it. It's just like right. a pop a shadow under there, under there, under there. Good, good, right. good. Pop a highlight on top, top, top. Boop. <laughs> I'm I'm gonna go out on a limb and say that's definitely the best Klingon makeup they've done. Agreed. Agreed. I I can't see it any other way. Like the the newer ones, like I'm like uh, what is that? What am I looking at it, here? It's a little too gross. Like yeah, I can see how. Yeah. You know, in TNG Deep Space 90s, Nine Voyager yeah. had correct Klingon makeup. Right, I could see how like you get some crossover human Klingon offspring. These new ones, though, it's like man, it's a know. weird monster. That ain't no Klingon. <laughs> yeah, exactly. That's a weird monster. I don't. Know. I don't know what you're thinking there, guy. <laughs> yeah, I hear that. Anyways, uh, <laughs> he was going to talk about something else, but... I don't know. We're, we're going to Adepticon, but, man, ReaperCon shot way up on, on my list of favorite conventions. Like, I... I mean, I'm down to go next year for sure. Yeah. Like, that sounds like a good time. The, o- the only issue is out. it is the same weekend as Nova and uh, something called DragonCon, apparently. Labor, Labor Day Nova's weekend. Nova's a big deal. Yeah. Yeah. Nova's um, kind of the, the the other big one that was going yeah, on. Yeah, a lot of people went to Nova. I heard I heard that that competition was also fun. Oh, that's that's something else I wanted to say a little more. Like we we mentioned that yeah, anyone who does a really good job can earn a, a silver or or whatever, depending on how good a job. Yeah. And that is my understanding is that is also how the the capital palette at Nova is run. Like a, okay. a similar situation where. Yeah, if your model's good enough, you get a certificate or a pin or a medal or or whatever. It just depends, you know, if you if you hit the thresholds or not. <laughs> um, but I just wanted to say, like the the overall vibe of that competition was drastically different than what we've observed at like Golden Demon at Adepticon. Yeah. So yeah, in, in the past, we, we had an episode uh, or a couple episodes ago. We were kind of like grumbling about painting competitions. Yeah. And I think a lot of that comes from uh, you and I were just just hanging out and we saw the people coming out of the award ceremony at Golden oh, Deepin yeah. last year at Adepticon. And the, the emotional tension. Yeah. Just how everyone was when they came out of that room. You know, it's like for, for a couple of people, it was the best day. Mm-hmm. And for everyone else, it was this depressing like anger. Yeah, it was just walking around the whole convention. Yeah, because they they had spent hundreds of hours on top of thousands of hours developing that skill. They spent yeah, yeah 
you know, dozens or hundreds of hours on their pieces, created amazing arts of works of art, just absolutely mm-hmm. incredible stuff. And then, you know, don't earn a spot on the podium. That's, that's the way it works with that, that design yeah. of competition. Um, but we, we were, I mean, you, you put something in the case. You didn't put a lot of emotional investment into your, your vampire that you yeah. put in the case. Um, but the, the people who, who really were trying, there's a ton of emotional investment there. And I, I recognize that's kind of the, <laughs> the cost of us being able to see a display case with so many amazing miniatures in it is that, yeah, people have yeah, to yeah. pour their heart and soul into them. Yeah. But the, the rest of that cost is the, the stress on people throughout that weekend. Like we, we see, <laughs> yeah. we saw a lot of people like, you know, scheming or not scheming, but like, oh, did, <laughs> yeah. did, did the judges look at mine yet? Oh, there's there's a couple little Looking marks. At, there's a couple yeah, little marks, marks on my, on that piece and... of paper. Oh, it's been repositioned. Like, oh, yeah. I wish I wish they had it turned this way. Like, oh, I think I think I think this one's like being being considered for for finals. But it was, you know, people yeah. people spending their entire convention putting so much emotional energy into that convention or not the into mm-hmm. the competition yeah. and and then on sunday on the last day of the convention the award ceremony happens and the people coming out of that room there were definitely some very happy people who a lot of them were kind of keeping the happiness inside 100 yeah. yeah and and like and like, yeah, yeah, I won. Yeah. Or, or like kind of holding the, holding their holding award their, like go, down yeah. by their no, side. Like you gotta, yeah. Don't like, want to get shanked in the. Right. Right. Yeah. And, oh, and that, I mean, that's, you know, kind, kind of respectful to, to the, the people who were not sure. having a good time in that moment. Um, but it's, it's one of those things is like, oh, like I had a much better competition, but, or sorry, I had a much better convention by not entering this competition. Why would, why would anyone subject themselves to this? That's kind of what's right to a degree. That's what's going through my mind. Like, look at the cost look at the sheer cost of, yeah. of trying to compete in this. Well, uh, and that, that's why a lot of people had, had thoughts after the competition yeah, too. It's yeah. like, yeah, is this even something that we should be doing? Yeah. And I mean, you know, I think for some people they thrive on that type of like live or die. Uh, yeah, you know, competition. Yeah, thing. It, it, it's it depends on who you are, right? Like, I like the idea of an open competition that that rewards the people who hit a certain mark, and you're like, you know what, this is in that top tier, and there's no questioning that, even if there's ten or a hundred of them, right? You know, and that's that's great. Yeah, I don't know that it means anything less than anything else. Like, you you did win, you got into a spot. Yeah. Um. So yeah, the the feeling the feeling of the award ceremony at ReaperCon <laughs> night and day difference from the feeling of the award ceremony <laughs> at Golden Demon. Night and day. Just the yeah. supportive, awesome, awesome paint jobs going up on the screen and this one and this one got a silver. Yeah, everyone's clapping. Nights, this yeah. one got a the and the the following list of, of entries got a gold. And this one got a special award because it was by a young painter, and just it yeah. it, it felt so much more like a like an open, celebration. happy celebration. Yeah, yeah. Um, and and of course there there's always a little bit of like, eh, you know, this this mini was judged by 
a different team of judges from this many because there were so many um entries that like so my understanding of the way it was done is each mini is judged by three judges the teams of judges are teams of four so that it's possible for one of the judges to recuse themselves if they really have a connection to either the artist or or they know the piece of work whatever um but there were so many entries that like a team of judges might do last names a through c oh sure or, or, or whatever so there were you know even within the same category of miniature or diorama or, or whatever, whatever the categories are, that there might be, I, I don't know how many teams there were, there might be 10 teams of judges, no, not not quite that many, I don't know, five teams of judges, <laughs> and maybe one team of judges is a little more lenient than another team of judges, and right. so like, uh, I got a, so there was a little bit of like, uh, I got a silver, but man, if I had, uh, uh, you know... <laughs> If I had a different judgment, maybe it would have got a little bit. So there was like a little bit of that. Which, I could see that, being which is unavoidable. Of an issue, like, but yeah. how are you? Yeah, yeah. How are you yeah. going to avoid that? Like, if there's that many entries, they got to do what they got to do, and they're they're doing the best they can. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, especially if it's about celebrating painting, and you're just trying to be like, well, where am I at? Yeah. Like, what level do I paint to? What am I capable of? And they go, yeah, you you hardcore, you got silver. Like maybe maybe you would have gotten gold if you were judged by somebody else who was like, oh, I just really like this type of model or type of painting. Maybe, but maybe you would have gotten bronze too if somebody else thought the exact opposite. Sure, who knows, right? But I mean, if the idea is to kind of gauge where you're at, you probably are the kind of person if you care that much about that are going to go enter other competitions too. Yeah, to find out. Yeah, right. Because every single like. You know, you get your LVO and your SFO and your uh, ATLFO, whatever. There's all the the those ones, right? Um, the frontline gaming mm-hmm. conventions. They all do painting competitions. Uh, Nova was there. Um, even at, even at Adepticon, we had a couple other painting competitions going on. But you and That's I true. did say that we were going to enter into. We got time. Yeah. Oh, we got plenty of time. I'm not going to start until two weeks before anyways. Come right. on. Right, right. Who are you thinking? We'll get time. Thinking? We'll get time. Um, time, yeah. But yeah, anyway, at, at ReaperCon, so the, the award ceremony was Saturday night, and then you know Sunday was kind of a half day, but it seemed like a lot of Sunday was the people who did enter the competition um, getting their pieces back from the, the competition hall and then going over to the artist alley to see if they could <laughs> track down the judges who who had looked at their their the mini yeah. and um yeah so i don't think there i don't think there was any written feedback but i think there was kind of a a system set up that encouraged mm-hmm. people to go talk to their judges and be like yeah you know i i would have moved this highlight here or you know change the composition like that and so mm-hmm. um what i was hearing is a, a lot of people were finding that interaction very very valuable um, yeah and yeah I mean, that was my biggest point for even entering into Golden Demon, even though I didn't care as much as a lot of other people did. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I cared to a point. I wanted specific things out of the competition. Like, I wanted to ask certain people for feedback, and I did, I and I got that feedback, and it's like, okay, I know where I'm going, I know what I'm doing wrong, and I know what I'm doing right. So those things are being considered now when I paint other models, and I honestly, I feel like I've improved even since then just for having gotten that feedback. Yeah, sure. It's super important if you want to improve. Um, So, yeah, like a good way to just go, okay, here are my judges. There's the table where they're sitting. 
here I can bring my entry after picking it up and ask them questions about it and yep. see why I landed in the category I did. Yep. Well, you're probably going to know why you didn't get the gold or the silver or the bronze or whatever. Like that is insanely helpful. And I probably the the biggest issue with Golden Demon is that they don't do that. Right. No, like not out of anything, really not I don't care about feedback. the first, second, yeah. third place. Yeah, yeah, the yeah. fact that they don't sit there and go, "Here's why we made these decisions." Yeah, I mean, they're trying to make it something else by yeah. doing that. They're trying to say that this competition means something else. Yeah. So I'd say that kind of witnessing Golden Demon made me think one way about painting competitions, like right, and yeah. and witnessing the the Reaper MSP Open, whatever it's called. Uh, made me feel the exact opposite way. Like it actually looked like, oh, this this seems like a worthwhile thing to do. This seems uh, fun and encouraging and supportive and mutually beneficial and uh, yeah, not as emotionally right. draining. Like there's, uh-huh. <laughs> uh, I mean, the, the way that you, that you're talking about it, a hundred percent makes me want to take a model. You know, if I was going to go, I'd take a model with me or a couple models mm-hmm. and enter them just for fun, just to see, just to to get the opportunity to talk to people about it and ask questions. Yeah, oh. there um, it was a it was yeah. a cool convention, like definitely more painting focused. Um, of the games that were going on, there were more RPGs than there were war games. Uh, looking around the convention <laughs> hall, it was less white and male than uh <laughs> probably nova was less less white and male than probably uh lvo is uh lvo wasn't bad actually really it wasn't bad at all really there. okay okay yeah uh, i haven't Lost i haven't been to either pretty... of those i've i've heard some reports from from other people yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. But, i don't know yeah um but no it was it was a it was a cool group of people and uh it was it was fun to have the the focus be on painting and not you know other stuff and so so it was put on by reaper and so reaper was kind of running it like a festival like they were finding they were giving out reaper bucks like if you participated in events you won reaper bucks which you could use to buy reaper models and reaper paints and so like that's cool so did you pick up uh, one of those those uh, shield maiden Reaper models that I've been talking about? Oh no, not that one. No, not Didn't. that one. No, I've 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 got a a wider variety of Reaper models in my possession now. But <laughs> no, it, so it was kind of cool. Like like Reaper obviously was letting in any other company that wanted to be there to set up a yeah. vendor booth and to participate in the competition and everything. Um, but also they were just like giving out products giving out you know paints and minis and stuff at all these events yeah. and yeah so that was that was cool it was like a like a festival or a fair the way you got your little bucks and you went to buy your prizes and yeah. <laughs> it was fun it that was sounds fun. cool yeah well very cool uh, it sounds like it's definitely worth going um yeah yeah next year next year for sure there you go yeah we'll hit it up it'll be great see you there these cats steal the show every time. Sorry. No, I'm not. And nobody else is. You keep apologizing about it. Like, you're just like, oh, the yeah. cats were in front of the camera again. The, the, the cats are over on the right-hand side of the screen right now. And uh, if oh, Matt sure just kind of wants to drag the focus away from Brent. and uh, just, <laughs> At all times. At all times. Only focus. Right. 
I mean, I, I still think we probably should have a cat cam, uh, you know, just just throwing that up there. We can we can fit it on the screen somewhere. We sure can. Yeah. Yeah. Well. Anyways, thank you again for joining us on another episode of Paint Bravely. If you enjoyed this podcast, please help us out by leaving us a review on iTunes, subscribing to the YouTube channel, and sharing this message with your hobby friends. And as always, we appreciate each and every one of you for listening, and we will talk to you next time. Talk to you next time. So we're going to call this one, like, uh, Best of Both Worlds Part 2? No, call it uh, Chain of Command. (laughs) Chain of Command, okay. Got it. There are four lights. Yeah, hold on. (laughs) Ah, four, (laughs) five.